Diablo 4 has arrived. As the forces of hell gather, only you can stand in their way. Journey across the expansive open world of Sanctuary. Choose from five powerful classes, then progress them to fit your playstyle. Adventure with your friends in up to four-player co-op with cross-play and cross-progression on all platforms. Welcome to hell. Diablo 4, available now. Rated M for Mature. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta, and I have another amazing, amazing guest for you guys today. I'm so excited that she had the time to come on to our little show and just, you know, share her background with us. Also, uh, recently I saw that Lauren Valenti wrote a an article and a review of her um, very coveted line. So without further ado, I want to welcome Renee Rillo. Renee, thank you so much for coming on to our little show and, and really kind of, you know, taking the time to talk to us. Can you start get us started by telling us about your career and um, just how you got started in the beauty industry, uh, you know, where it all really stemmed from? Opportunity. Um yeah, so I my grandmother was a hairstylist and had her own hair salon. So I grew up very, you know, very much being influenced by beauty, watching her. And um and so when it came time to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up, I uh I um you know, naturally you know, kind of because You're I grew up in that environment. Yeah. yeah. So I really just, and I was also just kind of a beauty junkie. I think anyone who is in the beauty business, they'll always tell you they just had a passion about it and kind of cared for their own skin, their own hair, et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. I ended up doing the skincare path. Um, I started out actually as a cosmetologist, but realized uh, that wasn't for me. And um, so switched over to skincare and also because I had some troubles with my skin and that sort of thing. And uh I always had an entrepreneurial bug in high school. I was always, I was like a photographer taking everyone's like high school photos. And I was, you know, I, just awesome. was, I was always like kind of hustling and doing my own thing. And so I started my first skincare business at age 21 when I lived outside of Boston and then was very successful with a business partner. And then five years later, sold it and moved to Dallas and started Renee Rouleau Skincare. Fast forward, we're celebrating 25 years this year. Um, wow. now our, uh, headquarters is based in Austin, which is also where I live. So I live in Austin, Texas now. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my path. I'm basically, I've never, I didn't go to college. I never waited tables. I didn't do, you know, kind of a lot of the, the typical things that people did. I, I was managing employees from the age of 21 and it's kind of all I've ever known as being an entrepreneur, but also just being passionate about what I do. I love that. That's really cool. I mean, you were always driven. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, I think it's interesting that um, you have that background because, I, you know, a lot of times when you've dedicated your whole life to an area, I'm sure you've seen pretty much everything, right, in skincare. So when did, how did you um, come up with, you know, your own idea of what you wanted skincare to be? Like, you know, what, what were things that were important to you that you really needed to have in your life? So I think really the benefit of being an esthetician and working with skin hands on, I learned early on really the, you know, how skin works and operates. And, you know, when you're literally, you know, three inches from someone's pores, 
for the past 30 years of my career, I've come to a lot of conclusions. And But what I discovered early on was that when I went to school to become an esthetician, that everyone was categorizing skin into dry, normal, and oily. You know, that was kind of the standard three skin yeah. types. And when you're working with skin, I quickly realized, yes, dry, normal, and, oil, dry, normal, and oily are important uh, factors of the skin. But mainly what it tells you is how light or how heavy a moisturizer needs to be. You know, it's just really yeah. it's lack of oil or plenty of oil in the skin, that sort of thing. And that's important. But what about all the other issues? You know, what about concerns like um, acne? So, but acne as a teenager is different than acne as an adult. Acne yeah. where somebody gets it just you know, hormonally every month is different from somebody that gets three blemishes a week, right? And, exactly. and what type of acne? Some people get cystic acne. Some people get pustular acne. Some people just get clogged pores that are, you know, non-infected, but their pores get blocked. Um, people right. get ros rosacea. People have post-breakout marks. People have, you know, melasma, hyperpigmentation, sunspots. Um, people get eczema and perioral dermatitis and just certain types of skin sensitivities. And so there's so many more other factors to the skin than just dry, normal, and oily. And so I determined early on that there were nine types of skin. And um, Oh, interesting. And yeah. And um, so people can go to ReneeRillo.com and take the skin type quiz. And at the end right. of the quiz, they're going to get very specific details about their skin. But because my line has 50 products, they're getting a curated routine for their skin type. And so it. it's, yeah. you know, it's very customized. And so really what you're getting with the Renee Rillo products and the Renee Rillo experience is, you know, understanding your skin type, how it operates and getting products that address your specific needs. Right. And um, so, you know, everybody wants something that's customized and it's a, it's a great way to go about it. I think that's, uh, you know, it's really cool to have um, your line, kind of demonstrating this because I, I know like a month or two ago I was I was talking to someone else and we were talking about the customization of skincare and you know is it really the next step you know in the industry and I think you know it was kind of like a consensus like yeah you know it, it really is so I love that you have like a base of products and then you're on top of it really customizing based on everyone's you know their perception of their skin type that's my only I think question is how do you how do you deal with um, if someone can, you know, if they misdefine their skin type, right? Like, can you, like, do you work with that a lot? Do you see that a lot? Or is that not really a problem? I mean, where people miss, what do you mean mystify? Yeah, Explain like, you that. know, if someone is like, for example, if you saw someone in person, like, that's very different than them taking a quiz, right? And then, like, mm -hmm. trying to evaluate their own skin. So, like, mm -hmm. do you ever have to deal with, like, well, maybe you underestimated this, like, the dryness component, or maybe you, you know what I mean? Do you have to? Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yeah, there, I have a, I've had a blog since 2009, uh, 2009. That's really popular, but there's a blog post called like five mistakes that people make with their skin type. And one of the things that people misunderstand is the difference between dry and dehydrated skin. Yeah. And so just because your skin feels tight 
doesn't mean you're dry, you know, doesn't mean you need heavy things, you know, tightness can be dehydration. And so that's one aspect of where people aren't really sure how to answer the questions with the skin type, you know, like people are like, or how about somebody that has acne, but they're using a lot of really drying products and they go, Oh, my skin's really dry. Well, it's dry because they're using acne products, but acne is fueled by oil. So there's oil underneath there somewhere. Right. And so, so it can get really confusing for people. So we tried, you know, I, I literally used my 30 years of experience. Um, we actually redid the skin type quiz about a year ago to make it even better. And so we try to be really detailed and specific in the questions that we ask so right. that it really makes, it really kind of makes it really easy for people. People aren't left up to like their own interpretation. It makes it really simple. But right. also each of the nine skin types, I have a video that goes along with each of the skin types. So if somebody is like, oh, I'm not sure, or I took the quiz three times, I got three different answers, they can also watch the videos. But yeah, also yeah. something we've been doing since uh, for seven years is we, um, we offer virtual skin consultations. And so uh, if you go to the uh, domain, myskinprescription.com, but that's super popular. It's free uh, with a hundred dollar us purchase and uh, people can talk to one of our in-house esthetician and get professional advice. So we really try to hold everyone's hand and try to make it easy because we really understand that in order for people to get their, the right results, they need to determine their skincare, their skin type accurately. And then people DM us all the time on Instagram, you know, yeah. they'll email us. And, you know, so we, we provide lots of support to make it easy for people. Cause that's, you know, that's what's so hard about skincare. It can be so complicated and, right. Right. and, but once people figure out their skin type, it's going to recommend the best products. It's also going to recommend the right routine. Uh, meaning, you know, if somebody just wants a couple products and they're like, you know, I'm just kind of a simple person. I just only like to use a couple products. We've got that routine. Hey, these are the best three products for your skin type. We also have the best six skincare products for your skin type. And then if somebody wants to just go all out and do everything, we have the best 12 products for that skin type. So you can also customize it, you know, based on how many, how much of a routine, how sophisticated you want your routine to be. Right. And that's, and I love that you have this flexibility built in to your system. I mean, you know, I think um, what this reminds me of, you know, I know that a lot of dermatologists cite the Fitzpatrick scale and that's what six different types of skin. So, you know, when you were, when you look at it as an esthetician, I'm very, very curious about, um, you know, your approach, because I think a lot of times estheticians, people don't understand like the amount of experience that you have, you know, like you said, staring at someone's pores and, you know, really knowing skin, like, um, how do you how, how do you compare your approach to something maybe you've you've seen other dermatologists do you know versus other estheticians as well i mean is there something um is there like a stark difference that you've noticed in the in the approach to skin health oh for sure absolutely it's a great question so okay. first of all yeah i when i went to school i learned about the fitzpatrick skin types and interestingly enough i actually met dr fitzpatrick so mm-hmm. i actually he's since passed away but i knew him personally um, he lived, he was the chief of dermatology, uh, dermatology at Mass General Hospital when I lived up in Boston. So that was super fun that I met the inventor of the Fitzpatrick skin types. Um, yeah. But um, I think, you know, when people are having concerns with their skin, 
and they want to see a professional, who do they go see, right? Do I go see a dermatologist or do I go see an esthetician? And, you know, now dermatologists have estheticians working in their office, but certainly back in the day when I started, it was kind of one or the other. And, and dermatologists thought what estheticians did was really frou-frou. So they really did not support our profession much. Now it's, it's, it's much different, but I think, you know, I think there, there, I always look at the hours of conversation I've had with people about their skin. So if you go see a dermatologist, you know, you're waiting in this waiting room, they come in, bada bing, bada boom, 10 minutes later, they're writing your prescription and off you go. And they're really all about prescriptions, you know, and some people may not want to do a prescription, they might want to do a non prescription path. So, you know, more dermatologists are, you know, also recommending skincare products, but generally, they're, you know, they're recommending a prescription. And so you have to decide, do I want to go on a prescription? You know, that's, that's a, a big decision. But I think, you know, their conversations and they're looking at skin, um, you know, that gives them their experience. In the right. case of an esthetician, every client I see, you know, I'm with them for over an hour and we are talking, I'm intimately touching their skin, extracting right. their pores. And I think it's those conversations that I've had that are so insightful that, and, and they teach me things, right? Like one of the reasons... Right why I learned really early on that consumption of dairy can lead to cystic acne, cystic acne in the chin and jawline is because a client told me that happened to her. She, that's what she suspected. And I was like, really? And so I started recommending that to clients of mine. Hey, I had somebody that said cutting out dairy really worked. And, and back then they didn't have any studies on it. And I had been promoting that forever because I had clients that I kept recommending it to that were breaking out and chin and jawline and, and they would cut out their dairy and away it would go. And so then right. years it's later like science, right. And I think that's the, that's the, really the, the main thing. It's not at this point, like dermatology is not a precise science. There's not enough no, for sure. published. So it's like, that's why I even asked you that question because I feel like an experienced eye and an experienced, you know, perspective can go a much longer way oftentimes than just saying well my dermatologist told me to do this because I have so many friends you know they'll walk out of a dermatologist's office and it's exactly what you described they're walking out with a with a you know tretinoin prescription or it's very very simple and it's almost like it feels like they got brushed off and I don't like that aspect of dermatology right now I think that you know the way you're you're setting up you know your your approach is much more it's also in sync with skin care, right? Not just the health, but like the care part where you feel like someone's listening to you. You feel like, you know, it's not just one thing they give you. It's like, okay, a whole routine I'm, and guiding you. I think that's so important. So I, yeah. I really, I love that. Yeah. And you know, for, and I really learned, um, I ended up, I think for about three years, I stopped taking clients and I did it to focus on product development and our e-commerce, you know, our site. And I really needed to kind of focus on some other things. And I stopped taking clients. And, you know, I was kind of ready to kind of focus on business and developing new products. And I was like, oh, no, that's fine. And I ended up about three years later, I opened up at the time I used to have skincare spas in Dallas, and I opened up a second location. And so I had to take out a big $100,000 loan. And I needed to go back taking clients again, because I needed, I couldn't afford to be paying all my estheticians to do all the work, you know, I had to be a service provider and, and get that income to pay the loans off. And 
I was so surprised at how much I, I wasn't learning when I wasn't a service provider. And so, you know, I've, I've had this blog, like I said, since 2009, I have over a thousand blog posts, but my best education is through those conversations and it inspires all my blog posts. And so I really learned that um, I still need to stay hands-on with skin because it just gives me a perspective that I can't get just, you know, watching an Instagram live, somebody talking, you know, I mean, I really need that firsthand experience. Right. And I, and I can completely relate with that. Cause I know once you, what do they say? When you leave medical school, you forget 40% of what you learned. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you need to be exercising your, your knowledge yes. every day. I, yes. I get it. Um, I I actually want to ask you, Renee, because this is so intriguing to me to um, have someone with your perspective um, on because, you know, when I look at skincare and the industry, I see this huge like, you know, there's lots of changes that have happened, you know, back when my mom used to use Pond's cold cream, you know, to now where now it's every product is available. How have you um, dealt with that, that change and just watching it as you've, you know, just experienced the industry? Like, um, what's that been like for you? I mean, watching, sorry, the, the what, the, yeah, advancements? Like the evolution of skincare, you know what I yeah. mean? Like it's evolved so much. So, yeah. well, here's the thing. Here's the, actually the funny thing um, is that yes, it's evolved, yeah. but it's evolved in the fact that there's just so much more awareness, but actual product technology hasn't advanced that much. So oh, like, yeah. like, and, and part of this is actually related to animal testing because an animal testing is no longer done in the U S that slows down um, a little bit of the advancements because they're having to find other alternatives for how to test products and ingredients or ingredients, I should say. So there's a lot of, you know, in vitro tests. And I mean, you know, they're really doing a lot of great things and they've kind of made up for that, but innovation slowed down once they couldn't, once manufacturers of, of raw ingredients couldn't test on animals anymore. And I mean, I'm all for being against animal testing for sure. But that, but when you look at products today and the ingredients that are being used, a lot of it, I mean, these are the ingredients that were used 30 years ago. So like there hasn't, it, it seems like it's evolved so much, but when it actually comes down to product formula, there hasn't been that much innovation. Now, the innovation is, you know, increase, you know, doing different combinations of ingredients, or, you know, there's different ways to kind of, to kind of, you know, make products be more effective. But, um, but overall, you it, mean, it's not really, yeah, it hasn't advanced that much. No, it really hasn't. <laughs> and you know, you're not the first person with experience to say this, actually, Dr. Loretta uh, Seraldo was saying the same thing. She was saying how it was like glycolic acid was always a thing and it's still going to be a thing. Like, you know, yeah. so it's, it's interesting. I, lo- I love that, you know, you're, you're, you say that because then people need to stop harping on the inky list so much, right? That's, that's where this leads me to is that all of these blogs and uh, accounts that have popped up about, um, you know, well, what's the ingredient list and how far down on the ingredients list is it, you know? So like, how do you feel about that? Like that whole culture that's kind of um, emerged in the skincare realm. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the, the the age of the internet and social media, it's all about pushing out content. And yeah. there's a lot of, there's a lot of education, you know, being pushed out there. And 
I hope um, it, it's challenging because it's making it more consumer, you know, more, you know, difficult for consumers because, yeah. you know, there's just more people pushing out content, but it's not always accurate. You know, where are people getting their content from? And is it, you know, truly anecdotal, just to own their own personal experiences? You know, are they actually, you know, somebody who works hands on? Are they actually a cosmetic formulator? You know, you kind of have to just really look at the source. And, uh, but it's, you know, and there's, and a lot of, a lot of, um, you know, skincare enthusiasts are, you know, getting inspired from other people's content and then repurposing it. And, you know, and that can be good, but yeah, Yeah. but it's, it's just really hard to sort through it all. And I think kind of the biggest thing is that I tell people is, especially when it comes to products and product formulation, it's so much more complicated than people think. Like it just, everyone wants to treat it like bad, you know, like black and white, like, Oh, this ingredient is good. This ingredient is bad. And you know, that's just not how it works. Or like, you know, the myth of like the first five ingredients, you know, those, that's what really makes the product work. If it's, if that ingredient, if that active ingredient isn't in the top five ingredients, you know, it's not going to do it's anything. Not do any, yeah. Well, exactly. and that's completely false. Some, some ingredients, you know, work, work really effectively work most effectively in, in lower doses, you know, and, you know, so it's just in people just think that they can just look at an ingredient list and come to conclusions about a product yes. and you just can't, it's absolutely impossible. So, so what, what's really common in my industry is people, trying to duplicate other people's formulas, right? It's called stealing someone's formula. And basically if there was a product that a brand, you know, was that a a product that was a big seller in a brand, another, another brand would like to knock it off. Right. And then they, yeah, it's like a dupe or something. Like like a dupe. Right. And, uh, and it's just like, no, like you can't, there's just no way. It's like, cause you don't know, you know, the suppliers of those ingredients, you don't know what percentages, you don't know, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, delivery vehicles. I mean, there's all sorts of things that go into it. And, you know, people just try to really simplify it. And it's just not that simple. Oh, yeah, I completely agree, especially with chemistry. I mean, people don't understand like, this is a science, you know, there's a, there's a certain way that, you know, molecules interact and, and, in a in a solution. So there's a lot of science that goes behind this. And I completely agree with you. I think dupes, I've never been, I never gravitated towards, towards those kind of products, but it was like, if I really want to try it, I'll go to the original, you know, the source of it. So yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Um, Well, you know, Renee, honestly, like I just, I'm loving talking to you about this because I think right now everyone is pushing towards, you know, science and skincare. And I am definitely one of those people. I think science should always be at the heart of skincare and anything that has to do with an organ or health. Um, but I, in terms of how much and, you know, how little, like for, my biggest problem is like, I think there are big claims, right? So um, that's where I get stuck and on the science side, because there might be a brand that comes out and says, well, we use you know, stem cells to regenerate your top layer of skin. And it's like, well, how much sense does that make to, you know, in your own mind? Like I get, I think that's too much science. So like finding a balance, I think that's where people seem to be struggling right now. So how do you, how did you um, deal with that with your line? Like the balance between science and, you know, just holistic healing, I guess. Well, I mean, I've always tried to use the best of science to the best of nature. And, but at the end of the day, 
I think what's really important for people to understand is that skincare products are fall under the FDA's cosmetics. Yeah. And so, you know, we don't have access to ingredients that are available only by a prescription. And so that's why sometimes a prescription is needed for more advanced cases. And, you know, particularly with acne, you know, first of all, you know, acne is a disease of the skin for which there is no cure. And uh, we can try to control it. But trust me, if there was a miracle product out there that would, you know, that would totally cure acne and make everyone never break out again, trust me, we would all know about it. Okay. And so, and it's like, you know, so it's, you know, sometimes a prescription is necessary because there's only so far you can go with skincare because again, it's a cosmetic. It's, it's, you know, it's, it can only, you know, penetrate the skin so deep, things like that. Now I'm not saying skincare products don't work. Of course they do. Um, But, you know, we're a little bit limited with science in that way. Right. And, um, but, but I've, I'm a big, uh, but I'm a big believer in pulling in science and like, I would never have an organic line because at the end of the day, I want my products to work and I want people to get results and they do. And what happens is particularly with aging, you need to do things like stimulate the metabolism of the cells and you're just not going to get that with nature, you know, and it's kind of like if you have a headache, you know, taking an aspirin, like that's (laughs) the best thing to do. It gets rid of it. And so, you know, I'm sure there's some holistic remedy that if I walked into Whole Foods and said, I have a headache, what do you recommend for a headache? And they'll say, oh, you know, rub this herb in the palm of your hand or whatever the, whatever the remedy is. And, and it could work, you know, Um, but it's just like, you know, science is kind of the more of the scientifically tried and true. And so I very much like to um, bring in the advancements of science because ultimately it is about getting results. Right. Right. I completely agree. And that's, that's wonderful. And I think um, you really hit on that, that point that I actually wanted to discuss was the full organic, you know, full natural clean ingredients versus, you know, some, some science behind it. I mean, I think it's, you're right. There needs to be a balance. So yeah, thank you so much, Renee. This has been awesome. And I, you know, I'm so glad that you had time to come onto the show because, you know, having the ability to talk to people that are experienced, the, the, you know, getting that perspective, I think it's always important in every industry. So I really, yeah. Well, well, thanks. You have great questions. I really, uh, you seem to definitely be into skin. I liked your questions a lot. So thank you. Thank you, Ekta, for this opportunity and, uh, you have a great evening. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye.